Greetings. Hello, hello. We are here and we are running on absolute fumes. It was a lovely, wonderful weekend. We went to um, Newport Beach for Mike's sister's bachelorette and then spent a few days in San Diego. And it was a really, really great time. We had the most gorgeous weather, but we had to wake up at 4 a.m. to drive back today to be on time for work. And then we realized we had to record an episode of the podcast because we're podcast professionals now. Like we, We're not going to miss or delay an episode uh, just because we're tired. But sometimes the good thing about being tired is that it can add to the general chaos of things. And I love chaos in, in small doses. Might get more than a small dose today, but we're working with what we've got. I'm feeling the chaos. Yeah, the chaos is alive and well in this room. I think we're just feeling the uh, tired eyes. Yeah, exhaustion. Thank God this is not a visual medium because if it was, that'd be rough. That that would be rough. What I do love about, I make a lot of different forms of content like on Instagram or live on newness. And it's all like you have to be somewhat presentable. I really have taken to loving podcasting because I can look like an absolute rat if I want to, which I do right now. And I love it. I mean, rat in the most endearing sense of the word. So it's like, oh my God, I'm ugly. Like I'm past that. I'm in my thirties. No time for it. But like, there's just some moments where it looks like I crawled out of the sewer. And right now is one of them. Just to add to the chaos, we thought we would do something really fun today. The top 10 most embarrassing moments, personally, for me. I was going to say most embarrassing things I've done, but some are things that I've done. Some are things that have happened to me. So just top 10 most embarrassing moments. Without further ado, let's get into it because some require very elaborate backstories. I'm I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm going to be putting myself... Uh, on blast here with a couple of these. I'm going to be exposing myself, but I'm I'm here to serve the people. Did anybody ask me to do this? No. Do I think it would be fun? I do. Or at least I'm, I'm hoping so. Otherwise, it's for nothing and the whole world is going to know my business. Okay. Coming in at number 10 is changing my personality for a man. This is not about Michael. Uh, it is mortifying to think I, I had a crush on someone in high school like someone that I never really even talked to. I just kind of noticed them one day and really became just like infatuated with them. Like I had had crushes on boys before and this was a man. To to clarify, it was not like a man. I was like 17. He was also 17. But in my mind, he was just more mature than the other boys in the grade. I can admit now that I have some perspective, you know, I've had some time away (laughs) over 10 years that we had nothing in common, like zero things in common, nothing to talk about. The only thing in common is that we each had history for a fourth period. And that was it. That was the basis that I was going off on to, you know, I'm going to make this person like me. So instead of just trying to be myself or, you know, like start conversation, I decided I would change my interest, you know, fake it till you make it kind of thing, which really wasn't a good strategy because what if I made it? What if we started dating? Then I would just have to live out this lie. God forbid we had like gotten married or something. We wouldn't have this podcast. I would be at like some really grungy concert. I'm, t- I'm talking about like I 
I knew he liked really specific music and I had a girlfriend that I knew like went to one of these bands concerts and got a t-shirt. So I texted her on T9 word. It took me like 20 minutes to do asking like, Hey, can I borrow that band t-shirt? I want to wear it to school tomorrow and like, see if he noticed. Um, he did not notice. He never noticed me at all. And I, I really acted like I was into the same things. He was like, Oh yeah, I, I, I love that music. It's so good. And really, I'm just trying to listen to like Hillary Duff in my car. Was this only about music or did you do more? No, it was mostly about music. That was like his personality. Like his thing was music. He was in a band. I'm sure some people listening know who I'm talking about. I have no shame. I'm I'm not going to mention him by name. No, like his thing was he was in a band. He had facial hair, wore like ripped up jeans, band tees. And I just thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. So you became punky. Basically. Yeah, yeah, I became, it wasn't like punk, it was, yeah, I guess you could call it punk, like the band, you probably, you probably haven't heard of it, Michael, Yeah, definitely which that was also part of, of my personality, being like, oh, it's like so underground, like I know about it, uh, the band Say Anything, and Say Anything's good, like it is actually good, but at the time it was so aggressive for me, and so not who I was, but I, I became their number one fan. I think that's when I also started wearing really like thicker black eyeliner. But then for some reason, I just didn't stop until I was like a senior in college. Maybe, uh, no, later, like until I was on the job. Don't change your personality for another person, for a love interest. It's embarrassing. Number nine, let's stick with high school. And I just feel like I need to get this one out because it's weighing heavily on me. Uh, number nine is the time I called my teacher, my journalism teacher, a twat. If... <laughs> It was not intentional. I had a journalism teacher and it was first period of the day. The whole class was there. You know, the class like settling down, blah, blah, blah. Teacher asked for our attention. She said something. And I proceeded to say, Miss Trudell, you're such a twat. At the time, I was, I think, 15. I did not know what that word meant. In my mind, I thought it meant like, a silly goose, a jokester, someone that is just really quite silly. Um, I realized it meant something different when the entire class gasped and Miss Trudell asked to speak with me privately. And the most embarrassing part, <laughs> she said, Alex, do you know what that word means? And I had to explain to her what I thought it means. And then she had to explain back to me what it meant. What was your explanation of what you thought it meant? The same thing I just said. The same thing I just admitted to. I thought I was like, oh, like a silly person. Like, hee hee, you're such a jokester. What a goof. I was the goof. I was so embarrassed. And it wasn't even a teacher that I disliked. But things did become a little bit more awkward when she had to explain to me that it was slang for a woman's genitals. Number eight um, is... The time that I golfed with Michael on one of our first dates, when Michael and I first started talking, I must have oversold that I liked golf or that I was a golfer when I'm not, when my family really just liked golfing and I'd gone a couple of times. So Michael and I started dating in college and it was about to be summer. And he said, I'd really like you to come to my hometown. You know, it was like, we're on the bachelor. Like I made it to the hometown date. And I wasn't about to miss this opportunity because not all girls, as we know, get to go on the hometown. 
this was embarrassing for you. I'm remembering it now. I didn't see this list, but now <laughs> I remember this date. You don't have to tell me it was embarrassing. I'm telling the people it was embarrassing. So Michael said, come to my hometown. I want you to meet my family. But what we'll do in the morning is like drive up and we will go golfing. Wouldn't that be fun? Like I would love to take you golfing. And me not wanting, again, I guess I did kind of change my personality again for a man. I was making a lot of mistakes. Thank God it turned out I was making mistakes. You changed back real quick Yeah, yeah, me. I learned my lesson. I liked golf that one and only day and I think you knew it. So I agreed. So I was like, yeah, I totally want to go golfing. I remember I sprinted in to my mom's house. Of course, I was still living with my mom. I was still in college and told her what was going on. I was like, mom, I just started seeing this guy. I oversold it. I don't know what I'm doing. And let me tell you, it was all hands on deck that night at our household. First, my mom took me to Dick's Sporting Goods to get golf shoes because I, I didn't own golf shoes. I was like, mom, I'll just wear sneakers. She's like, he's going to know. Like, that's going to be his first tip off. Would you have known if I if I'd come wearing sneakers? I mean, I don't think you sold yourself as I'm a professional golfer. So no, I wouldn't. I would have given you the benefit of the doubt if you had tennis shoes. Not all golfers have golf shoes. What was really the tip off is that your brand new golf shoes look like they came out of a box because they did. And I specifically remember you saying to me on the golf course. Gosh, your golf shoes are so clean. And I had a lie ready scarily fast. Like, I'm worried about myself. I remember I didn't miss a beat. I was like, oh, yeah, my mom just cleaned them for me. Like, she likes to make sure that, like, I look very presentable and they're very clean. Didn't skip a beat when really I think there was a little bit of, like, the toe stuffing still left in it from the night before. Are you sure the tag wasn't on? They might have been. And then our family friend Frank came over because he actually was a very good golfer. And I remember we hit wiffle balls in the backyard with my mom's clubs. I was practicing. It was horrible. And then the next morning, my mom, first thing when they opened was called, she called like Golf Galaxy or something or uh, some golf store. And so like, hey, my daughter has 15 minutes to come in there and get a golf outfit. Like find her something on the sale rack. She's probably never going to wear it again. But can you just pull things? Like my mom was acting like this was Saks Fifth Avenue at Golf Gals, calling the phone, like, can you please pull everything you have in her size, like, from the sale rack and put it in a fitting room? And she's got 15 minutes, like, please help us out. And I think the person on the, fo- the phone knew what was going on because when I got there, I might as well, I might as well have been a Bergdorf Goodman. Like, they might have offered me water. They, they knew I was in water. They knew I was in deep shit. <laughs> and I got the golf outfit. I cut the tags off in my car. I drove to Michael's hometown with my golf shoes and my golf outfit. I remember thinking I looked so cute and like I was going to pull this off. But the part we forgot about was that I only practiced for like two hours. And if we played nine holes, I think I hit the ball on like three of them. And I remember walking away being like, I killed it. I killed it. This man is in love with me. I was. It's funny that you came to the <laughs> no, day. No, you weren't. It's funny you came into the day thinking, oh my God, I got this. Yeah. Solely based on the fact that you look good. Yes. Not thinking at all about the actual golf. No. But I look great. This is mm-hmm. going to go awesome. You can really fool anybody with an outfit. Fake it till you make it, like I said. I mean, you didn't feel fool me, but it was a bonus. You were cute. Honestly, I did fool you because you married me. So joke's on you. Number seven, anytime I've had to drag a suitcase through the airport behind me, I cannot explain it, but dragging a suitcase is humiliating and I stand by that. 
Now I have, you know, of course, the millennial away suitcase that you drag next to you, which feels much more dignified than pulling my socks and underwear and toothbrush behind me and everybody knows it. That's considered embarrassing. Yeah, that's that's in the top 10 that for is me. in your head. Just going to the airport and it's like behind me and maybe it gets stuck on a piece of carpet or like some kind of barrier. Now I'm pulling it over, the wheels squeaking and I'm like really pulling it behind me. It's humiliating. It's humiliating. Did something happen that I don't know about? Because I don't think anyone would think that's embarrassing. I do. And this is my list. Would you like to share some from your list, Michael? Well, I wrote down a couple just in case you asked. Ooh, prepared king. You want me to go worst to first? Or you no, want me to just give me the worst. best one right now? Uh, no, just give me the best one right now. Best one right now? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, what I was known for my second half of senior year was putting diesel fuel in my mom's car, basically ruining the engine. And I was called Diesel for the uh, spring semester. That was pretty embarrassing. Um, would you be mad if I started calling you Diesel around the house based yes. on that? Okay. Yes. And what makes the story the worst is, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, because you put gas in your car. <laughs> the pump fits within the, like, gas chamber, right? You yeah, put it'll the tell pump you if in it's wrong. Hole. Yeah, you put it in there. It sticks in there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is my first time ever putting gas in the car. I'd never done it before. Driving, got the license maybe a month ago, and I didn't know. So I held up the diesel pump and literally shot the liquid oh, into the hole. My, my, did not fit inside. Michael. Just diesel. like, was like squirt gunning it. What are you doing? In. Squirt <laughs> I would pay. A semi-large sum of money to have been at that gas station watching you do that. Uh, that is just, I can't believe you didn't know something was wrong. You didn't have an inkling like, hmm, this isn't how I've seen everybody else ever in my life, like pump gas. I think I was getting embarrassed. And I think so pulled out of the gas station, got onto the freeway, <laughs> onto the entrance ramp, and immediately car stopped accelerating. Like literally gas pedal would not do anything. Did you call your mom? pulled over and i think i was yeah i called my mom and was like I did you tell I, her what you had done i think i broke the car <laughs> could it, it was be, expensive could to it fix be, too. i was gonna say could it be fixed i mean There's like I drain it to, i think they had to replace the whole engine it was like eight thousand dollars oh michael yeah diesel that's dark tough break yeah i feel really privileged now that my mom would routinely when she was pumping gas, make me get out of the car and watch and like make me watch her do it. So by the time I was of driving age, I, I was well versed in the gas universe. Sorry, Diesel. We're not making this a thing. Mm, we might. Number six is the time I embarrassed myself in front of Sean Mendez and Camille Cabello at a coffee shop. This was in 2021, I think. Maybe it was last year. I don't know. I, I really repressed it so far back. It could have been in 1962 before I was born. I'm not one to take a picture of a celebrity. Like I'm normally feeling a little bit more shy or like definitely nervous that they're going to catch me. I don't know what came over me. Maybe it was my first time out of the house since the pandemic. I was like, whoa, this is wild. So we were in L.A., standing in a long line at a coffee shop like the because of the pandemic they had us like pretty far distance out and the line was outside of the coffee shop on the street 
Michael dropped me off. He went to go park the car. I'm walking up and immediately, like immediately, I'm like, that's Sean Mendes and Camilo Cabello in line in front of me. This is nuts. Like I remember following Sean Mendes on Vine. Speaking of 1962, I think that's when that came out. When I was just a, a young, young gal. So we, we stood there for a minute. Again, the line was taking a really long time. They were like hugging and kind of all over each other. Um, I was just observing and, and keeping to myself. So eventually they're not facing me. I would like to reiterate, they are not facing me. Their backs are to me. And I decide I'm just going to sneak a pic. Like this is not going to be an intrusive thing. I'm going to hold my phone basically like at my, like up against my chest and just kind of take it really secretly. And they're never going to know. And I'm just going to send it to my best friend and be like, oh my gosh, I emerged from the house and so did Camilla and Sean. And there's no paparazzi around. Like, I guess I was the paparazzi. I'm ashamed to say, but I was. So I decide, I'm like sitting on, I'm sitting on, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I I shouldn't, I shouldn't. In a split second, this all happens in the same second. I decide to take the picture. Sean Mendez turns around, sees me taking the photo and says, probably at a level where he wanted me to hear it, hey, that girl's taking a photo of us. And Camilla Cabello goes, Camilla, Camilla Cabello, I should know if I'm taking a picture of her. She goes, was I at least smiling? I could have drowned in, my, in, in the coffee I was about to consume. I was mortified. I felt... The secondhand embarrassment, speaking of secondhand embarrassment, radiating off of me was so deep that I tried to rectify it by Michael gets in the line. I say to him, oh, Michael, look at that Barbara Sturm across the street. I just took a picture of it because my friend loves Barbara Sturm, like really trying to cover my tracks. It was completely not believable. I was mortified. I will never take another picture of a celebrity again. I learned my lesson. It was, I was so cringe at myself. I deleted the picture off my phone. Like I like not worth it. Like this is, I'm mortified. But T, they were talking about getting a house in Canada together uh, at a very affordable price. I'm sorry that that didn't work out. It also didn't work out for me. I was mortified. Number five takes us all the way back to middle school. And I don't know about you, but in middle school, we didn't really have dances. The only dance you would have in middle school was the eighth grade dance uh, right after or before or after graduation. That was the end. But we would once a semester, maybe a little bit more, have these things called activity days. And activity day was lit. It is more lit than any club I've been to in Vegas. Activity day was basically after hours at the school. You wouldn't take the bus home. Your parents would not come get you. And you had an option of activities you'd like to do around the school. You could sit in the cafeteria and play games. You could go in the gym and play basketball. The guys really love doing that. Uh, I think you could go swimming, which honestly, you you were never going to catch me in my bathing suit in the school gym, please. Uh, And then the, the creme de la creme of activity day was they'd block off half the gym. One half the gym was basketball and the other half was a dance. I'm sweaty just talking about it, just thinking about it. It was hot. 
there was a DJ and we were just losing our middle school minds. But I decided to take it one step further. And now that I think about it, maybe my sister was playing a prank on me, but my sister taught me a break dancing move. Like at home in the basement, she taught me, it was called the baby freeze. I think we should freeze for just a second to let that soak in. Also known as a tripod, but it was also called a baby freeze. And if you can imagine, it's like you put both your hands on the ground and you are like supporting yourself on your one elbow and your feet are in the air like a tripod. And I just felt like for a little bit of spice, I wanted to whip that out uh, when they played like Usher's Yeah or something. I would kind of like clear the space around me. People would form a circle. I'd get into the baby freeze for about 10 seconds and just like walk off. Because like, what are you supposed to do after you do that? You know, like you can't just stand there. You have to leave them wanting more. I don't think anybody wanted more though. That's the thing. I think I did. I think I felt like it was my coolest quality. Like I had nothing else going for me other than being able to do the tripod. And looking back, I am absolutely mortified at my sweaty bangs hitting the gym floor when I'm in tripod position and like my teacher's watching that. It's too dark. It's a little dark for this list. But the list had to be honest. Number four. Number four spans over a period of time. I'm going to say the years 2014 to 2017, which is definitely too long. But it's just that period of time where I discovered uh, brow pomade and brow pencil. So number four is the era of my eyebrows. They were darker than a night in Wyoming. (laughs) Get dark there. It's dark everywhere, I guess. They were dark. They were thick. They were solid. Uh, You would not have been able to even tell if I had brow hairs because I matted them down with pomade and then traced over them with pencil. When I look back on photos, it is, it's a jump scare. I posted it to Instagram and people were a little bit too quick to say that they were scared. Like, ha ha, I get it. I overlined my eyebrows. I overfilled them. I received a little bit one too many messages telling me how horrifying it was. Michael, we were dating during that time. Did you have any thoughts? Oh, yeah. We weren't married? No, we were not married. We were just dating? Well, maybe it was like 2016 because I guess we got got married in 2018 and I had them correct by then. I don't think it was that odd at the time. I think more people were doing that. But... I mean, I don't know. It's hard to remember. I vaguely remember thinking that this is a little much. <gasps> Michael, that breaks my heart. But you do lots of things that are over the top. Okay, so. whatever, Diesel. I'll, please. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out if you bring it up again. You do have a lot of power here. Just like my brows. Those things were powerful. You didn't see me walking into a room first. You saw those brows and then I appeared 10, 10 minutes later. There was no stopping me. And I remember I thought it was like an art. Like I would sit so close to the mirror and spend at least 15 minutes drawing them on. It wasn't until one of my girlfriends, bless her soul, I was so mad at the time. Missy, if you're if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. She told me like, hey, I just want to say, like, I think you're such a beautiful girl. And like the eyebrows are really just taking away from like your eyes and like a little dark. I was like, how could you say this to me? Like, I love them and they make me happy. And then maybe a week later, I was like, yeah, she's right. And then it changed my life. I would not have this podcast 
if I didn't change my brows. Is there a reasoning behind that? No, but I feel strongly about it. I don't think they're correlated. I think they are. I think they are. Diesel ass. Okay. Uh, we're in the top three. Number three is something that... So in therapy, you know, we like peel things back like an onion and we get to the source of things and I can't help but feel if I keep going in therapy, this is what we're going to find at the root of that onion. The year is first grade, whatever year that was for me. Uh, we had just moved from Wisconsin to Michigan and started going to school, first grade. My mom thought a good way to meet friends would be through a church. Like I could go to Sunday school. I could meet kids that were going to my school on Sundays and then go to school with them the next week. So we joined this church. My mom decides I'm going to be a part of the Christmas play because all the kids are in the Christmas play. I get cast as one of the angels in the nativity scene. Sure. Were they there? We don't know. But in this play, they were. There was three of us. Three angels. We rehearsed for this play. We had elaborate costumes. They were like white turtlenecks, you know, from like Walmart. And then just like tool skirts, like big tool white skirts. And so the night of the play, it was Christmas Eve. We were like backstage, you know, like getting ready for our big debut on the stage. I distinctly remember, and I have very good memories of like first grade. Like I, I really feel like, Kindergarten, first grade is when the bulk of my memory started. I distinctly remember being backstage and one of the just like helpers, chaperones, whatever, directors of the play probably said 20 times, does anybody have to go to the bathroom? Does anybody have to go to the bathroom? Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. I did not have to go at that time. I did not. So play, it's playtime. I confidently walk into the stage. I am standing in my trio of angels and it hits me. I've never, still to this day, still at age 31, I really never had to pee so badly in my life than standing on that stage looking out at all the parents with their camcorders. I knew that God was watching. I knew that Santa was watching. And there was nothing I could do about it. But I strategized that my tool skirt was big enough that I... I could pee on the stage and nobody would know because it would be under my skirt. Nobody can see this. It was a very big skirt. So I decide I can't take it anymore. I know the play is lasting for 20 more minutes. I decide to, while I'm standing there with a smile on my face, being an angel, I do, I thought what the Lord would want me to do and I pee on the stage under my skirt. And I would have gotten away with it. I did it. We walked off the stage. All was well. Nobody said anything. Afterwards, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you did such a good job. And then one of my fellow angels, this was like after the play, like we're out in the church with all the parents. Like this wasn't just with the, the chaperones in the back. We're out with all the parents. Everybody's talking. Everyone's chatting. And one of my fellow angels, I won't name her. I won't, but I know who it was. And if you're listening, you know who you are. You're probably not, though. But if you are, obviously, I've not forgotten. She goes, Alex peed on the stage. I've never felt further from God than in that moment. I was ready to throw first grade hands. I was ready to risk it all to defend my honor. Uh, it was undoubtedly me. We all looked up at the stage. 
and there was a decent sized puddle right over the spot where I was standing. And mind you, I was already the new kid. I was already new to this town, new to this church, new to this school, this congregation. My mom whipped me out of there so fast, like grabbed my hand. We escaped the church. And I really don't know if if we went back because I was so embarrassed. And I went to school with this girl from first grade to senior year of high school. Can't tell you if we ever spoke again. I think that was it for us. That was it. Once you really put somebody on blast like that, I don't know if you can take it back. It was mortifying in front of the church. And of course, looking back, I was like, no, you're so cute. No, it's not. No, it's not. You don't urinate yourself in front of your new community, your new neighborhood. I was going to say and live to want to tell about it, but I guess I'm telling about it here. And that is called progress. Can't wait to tell my therapist. Peel in the onion, baby. Peel in the onion. Top two. I feel like I need a breather before I go through these because they're so unbelievably mortifying. Michael, do you have any more? I think I, I know one of yours. Well, I can give you one more. I gave mm-hmm. you my most embarrassing ever from uh, earlier in my life. Most recently oh, embarrassing no. moment. Is this what you're thinking of? Yeah. We had a little situation on my 30th or 29th birthday party. I think 29th. It was our first birthday party in the new house. We had our friends from Michigan out to visit us and celebrate. We had new friends from Las Vegas here. Basically, it was kind of our first official house party. And when I get really excited with everyone (laughs) here, sometimes drink too much, not in like a gross unhealthy way just like excited way like want to play all all the games want to win all the games want to do shots with everybody so got too excited a lot of stimulation ended up deciding we were going to the strip to continue the party around 10 10 30 and (laughs) i I, uh (laughs) so dark got an uber and i threw up in the front seat of the car Basically, the second we left the driveway, I was holding it in. Should have just called it right there. Oh, Michael, why? We were on the freeway by the time it happened. Oh, yeah. I think from the second we left the house, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to throw up. Held it for maybe 15 minutes and couldn't hold it any longer. Threw up. Unfortunately, (laughs) the back... No, I had my window open, so I did it out the window on the freeway, but the wind is blowing so fast... (laughs) <laughs> it got on the, your friend Sarah sitting directly no, no, behind no. me. It got on me. It got on Sarah and Paul in yeah. the back seat. It got on everybody. It really got on Sarah back to us to the point where we didn't know what was happening. Where I literally said, "Is it raining?" Oh, that's but- so gross. That's so gross and embarrassing. That's, I'm embarrassed thinking about it. If you know Mike, like it's Michael, so hardly drinks. He always likes to keep his composure, like be in control of himself and his situation. So he throws up. It's on all of us in the backseat. We obviously the driver is doesn't freak out. She's like, okay, she was an angel. Speaking of an angel, I was the Christmas play angel. She was our angel that night. She's like, I'll find a place like we'll get off the next exit. We'll pull over like, is he okay? And we're like, yes, just pull off. So we pull over, 
at a gas station off of the strip. We get Michael out of the ca- car, sit him on the curb. We're giving you water. I give the gas attendant $20. So he will give me access to a hose and cleaning supplies. I'm like, we have to clean up this lady's car. And I mean, I was kind of, obviously I'd been drinking too. I was a little bit drunk. I'm like in my little mini dress and my heels with a hose, hosing down her car. Our friend Paul is like spraying the chemicals on the car and I'm using my hands to like wipe the chemicals. The next morning, my hands were rawer than a chicken in Whole Foods. It was so bad. The The best slash worst part was we clean up her car, okay? We t- Sarah and Paul are like in the gas station bathroom cleaning up. Like we're we're visiting in town. We're gonna continue to go onto the strip. We're fine. Like obviously I'm gonna take Michael home. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call another car. She took us back home. She's like, it is what it is. You're just gonna have to pay the cleaning fee. We're like, duh. And she drove us back home. We lined the back of the car with trash bags. And Michael, you like didn't drink for a very long time after that. Like a very long time. You were really? scarred. I don't remember that. Yeah, you you were scarred. But yeah, that was that was very embarrassing. We did get a very nice Uber driver. An angel, an angel. All, we we cleaned up her car the best we could. We paid the cleaning fee, uh, tipped her an insane amount of money for the inconvenience and just the kindness. And um, I think you learned your lesson. I think you learned. Did you? I'd like to think so. Okay. All right. We'll get into the top two. I've been I've been avoiding it. Um, because once they're out there, they're out there. And I've only told these stories to really a select, a select group of people privately. Number two, we'll call it my sister's boyfriend. In college, my, it was summer. My sister and I were both home from college. I was a freshman. She was a senior. And my sister brought home a, a boyfriend, a guy that she was dating at the time. We don't need to name him because honestly, he ended up being a dud. Let's just throw that out there. She would say the same thing. She would want me to say that. But this was still in the age of like Abercrombie Hollister. And for some reason in my mind, when she brought him home, I was like, this is an Abercrombie model. Like this guy is on the shopping bag. He is on the walls of Abercrombie. Like, oh my God, this is insane. Like my freshman 18-year-old brain just became overloaded with the fact that this person was just sitting in our house. And I could not wait to call my best friend, Missy, the same one that told me about the brows, and tell her about this Hollister model that was in my home with my sister. So my sister says, hey, we're going to Target. My mom was at work or something. She's like, we're going to Target. We'll be back. So I was like, perfect. I'm going to call Missy right now on my Blackberry. I'm going to BBM her and then I'm going to call her. I am upstairs. I call Missy. I'm going, oh my God, you are not going to believe this guy that my sister brought home. He is the hottest guy I've ever, like, I love, I live for drama. I wanted to overdramatize it. Of course, you know, when you call your friend and all you say is like, girl, like, you know, it's coming. I was like, Missy, this is one of the most, the hottest man I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh my God, I caught a glimpse of him with his shirt off like going to the pool. He looks like he could be an Abercrombie model. Like, I don't know how I'm going to spend the weekend with him. Like he is just too fine. Like I was going off, off. I take a break to take a breath. 
And all of a sudden I hear, Alex? And it's not my sister's voice. And it's not my mom's voice. And we don't live with any men. And it was a man's voice. And I was unaware that he decided to skip the trip to the store with my sister and was sitting downstairs um, while I gushed over this man that I met probably 10 minutes ago and was dating my sister. I was in shock for a minute. I remember just freezing and like processing the situation and being like, best case scenario, this is a burglar. Best case scenario, someone is robbing the house and they're just notifying me because I will never recover if it's the guy I was just talking about. Once I realize it's him, I start crying. I start screaming, no, 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 no. Oh my gosh, get out, leave me alone. I locked myself in my bedroom. I didn't even want to discuss it with my sister because what the hell are you supposed to say to that? And that's what I get for trying to be like a drama queen, for trying to really over-dramatize something. And like looking back on photos, it's funny. I actually um, was looking back on some photos the other day he was not that hot. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, maybe that's a defense mechanism of me, me, me needing to come to terms with that and defend myself here. Uh, but it was a moment of reflection for me to first check the house to see if anybody's home before I'm about to speak about them and to control myself a little bit. Practice some, some self-control, some restraint. It was a master class, a master class in teaching me restraint. Oh, it was mortifying. I'm, I'm like cringing just thinking about it. I, I really don't even want to go into number one after number that. Number one. No. Number one. Number one is so deeply <laughs> mortifying. And I'm going to talk about it in very vague terms. Because naming names and too many actualities... I will never come back to this podcast. This will be the final episode. And that would be terrible because we have some really, really exciting things coming up. Okay. I will set the scene for the number, my number one most embarrassing moment. Nothing has topped this in over 10 years. It's happened 10 years ago. More, more. It is the summer between senior year of high school and freshman year of college. There's lots of graduation parties happening during this time. I was dating someone who invited me to their graduation party. And I was really excited. This was going to be my first time meeting their parents, um, you know, meeting their family. So I decide I'm going to bring one of my girlfriends with me. Uh, it was actually the girl I was going to be rooming with at college is just kind of like a buffer because I didn't want to walk into the graduation party by myself and have to introduce myself. Like, let me bring a friend with me. So I asked him. What time is the graduation party? What time would you like me to be there? And he said like, uh, like three o'clock. So that's a three. So I was like, great, I'll be there. So of course I want to be a couple minutes fashionably late. I don't want to get there right on time because I don't want to be like awkward standing around, you know, like, ooh, I'm at this guy's house that I like. And so we decide we're going to get there at like 3.15. We pull up at like 15 minutes late. We notice that there's a ton of cars outside. Obviously, there's people here. We're walking into the backyard. A tent is set up. 
Nobody's nobody's in the backyard. Like, that's weird. Like, there's a tent out here. There's obviously things to do out here, but there's nobody here. Maybe they're all inside getting food. We walk in to the to the house. Nobody in the house. I'm like, what is going on? So me again, just wanting to be overly dramatic and like overcompensate for my nervousness, my awkward feeling. Obviously, I'm like, well, nobody's here. Like maybe they went up the street or something. Maybe they went for a walk. I don't know. Maybe they went to go pick up the food. All 50 cars that are outside. I start walking through the house going, hello. Hello. Like, where is everybody? <laughs> like just hamming it up because I'm like, nobody's here. Like, this is so bizarre. I'm taking out my phone to text him when I, <laughs> when I walk by the stairs to the basement and the door is open, I look downstairs and every single person is down there in prayer. And it is quiet. The only sound is me going through the house, going, hello, hello. Of course, naturally, the guy like is standing right there at the bottom of the stairs and I escaped. I, I ran out. I got in my car. I drove away. He did text me like, hey, you can come back. Like, <laughs> You didn't even stay for Mastacholi? I went back for I went back for Moscatoli. Cause what's a graduation party without Moscatoli? Okay, Alex. The most embarrassing thing is that you call it Moscatoli. It's Most Acholi. Mas- with a T. Mas- no C. Moscatoli. No, no, no. Moscatoli. No. I'm looking this up. Moscatoli. M A S. It's not even coming up in Google. When I spell it that way. Moscatoli. Oh, no. That's my number one most embarrassing moment. You literally just had your most embarrassing moment telling your most embarrassing moment. Well, the moment was embarrassing because I was meeting his parents for the first time. And I knew it was going to be a big deal um, because, like, I just never met them before. Uh, he hadn't introduced anyone like girlfriend we were in high school for God's sake. And my first interaction with them is everybody can hear me while they are in prayer before eating saying, hello, is anybody here? Where is everybody? I'm equally embarrassed about Mastacholi. Mastacholi. So did the parents of the, the guy you like say anything? Like, did any, did it ever come up afterwards? Um, yeah, I blacked out. I'm not going to lie. I left and blacked out. And then he did tell me, like, come back. Um, texted me. I was like, come back to the graduation party. You haven't had your Moscatoli yet. I think I can't remember. And I obviously don't want to be stating falsehoods. I think I did say, like, I'm sorry. I think I said, like, I, I'm sorry for that. Well, yeah. Like, how are you supposed to know? That doesn't really It doesn't seem matter that if I call when you're meeting people for the first time. The first time. I should have been not so an obnoxious little twat. Now that I know what that means. If you're listening to this, I know you're not. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I, I should not have just entered your home and been running my mouth. Um, we broke up not long after, and I was definitely upset and heartbroken, but 
it's completely understandable given given the history. We could we could not soldier on after that. And really, if you think about it, that event made it possible for me to have events like going on a first date with Michael and embarrassing myself with the golf. One of Michael's other most embarrassing moments that I bring up probably too much is on one of our first dinner dates. Um, he started choking on a piece of steak, but wouldn't tell me he was choking. So he was also just trying to act like everything was fine. So none of this would have happened if it weren't for my number one most embarrassing moment, which has now been dethroned by thinking my entire life. I mean, I've been eating Moscatoli since, <laughs> since I was like, Six. We'll just call it Moscacholi. I don't. I, I, it seems like you're incapable of saying Moscacholi. <laughs> I'm not incapable. I just think I like it now. I, I mean, I would go to like family parties, graduation parties, birthday parties, like serve me up that Moscacholi, and nobody ever corrected me. That's what I'm here for. It's like hamster. There's no P, but everybody says hamster with a P. Hamster. Yeah, it just rolls off the tongue. Same with Moscatoli. Well, this was fun. You know, I really, for the people, I'm here for your entertainment to put myself on blast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next week with, hopefully I can dig up more embarrassing stories on Michael and maybe do his top 10 so everybody just forgets about mine, um, especially this whole Moscatoli thing. I'll get it right by next week. I'll be practicing. Love ya. Bye. Bye.